0: Welcome to WDFG, broadcasting Dear Final Girl, the advice and horror podcast where we dish on life and other scary movies. Every final girl has a story. So does her Jason, her Freddie, her Michael. So do we horror fans. This episode is part of our adjunct series, Origin Stories, where horror fans recount the horror movie memories that made them who they are today.
1: Hey. spoke to Laura over a conference call once before, that was cool, Uh, but Tam, we've never gotten to speak, so it's nice to meet you digitally and virtually through the podcast Airwaves. Um, I guess the reason I'm being invited uh, on to speak about my origin story is because of my involvement in tweeting with uh, the Mutant fam during Joe Bob marathons and then during the Mutant Theater uh, days afterwards. And then I, I built the site to help support everyone uh, in the group uh, mutantfam.com uh, just to try and share all the podcasts and, and YouTubes and Etsy stories and such. Um, so I'm glad to be on the podcast. I, I listen often, uh, I've heard other people's origin stories and I hope to live up to, to the, the gold standards that they've set. I've been trying to figure out exactly where to start the story. Because it's kind of vague in my own memory, like the exact origins of how I got into horror. Uh, but something that always like kind of sticks in my head is, is around the release of Jason Goes to Hell, uh, which is in 1993. So I was nine years old. And I was going to camp um, and everyone was, there was a bit of a buzz around the movie. But in 1993, this is past the height of the slasher craze by far. And a little bit of the hype was making fun of it. Um, I always loved Jason. He was my favorite. My mom got me into him because she used to work. Well, first off, she loved the movie. She, she was the, the stereotypical teen when it came out who saw it over and over. Um, and then she worked in a, an ad agency in, in Manhattan, where Adrian King walked in once, and it's like a story that she likes to tell, you know. Like she bumped into her. Uh, so she, I grew up watching the originals, uh, you know, one through six or so. Like I, eight, you know, Jason takes it Like oh, seven, I don't know why I'm skipping any of them. But I grew up watching the originals uh, and, and kind of like not knowing which one was which. You know, I was a kid. I'm not sitting there being like, oh, Jason lives was my favorite. But I have vague memories of seeing Jason between the ages of six and nine. Uh, and then Jason Goes to Hell comes out and it destroyed the franchise obviously. It wasn't a great movie, I still don't think it is, Uh, although there are some some good Jason like effects, like he looks cool in parts of it. Um, And then obviously Freddie, you know, bringing the mask down uh, into hell at the end. And so I spent the better part of the early 90s, uh, like as soon as I got the internet, sitting there trying to figure out when Freddie vs Jason was gonna come out. Like I I joke around that that's the first thing I ever looked up on the internet, Freddie vs Jason. And then I had it all bookmarked. I had all these different websites bookmarked to try and research it and find out when it would come out. And it took so many years. Uh, I could could pull it up, whether it was 99 or 2000. Um, But that was where, it was 2003, oh wow. But that was where the love all kinda, the the foundation began, was just, having that backdrop of Freddy and Jason and the Slashers in the 80s that I was just a little bit too young to watch uh, live as they came out. Um, But I got the VHS era in the early 90s, and then everything fizzled out for a little while, you know? Um, I I watched The Exorcist when I was 10 or 11, and it scared the shit out of me. You know, I, I would go to the video store and pick up whatever random movies I could find, but it wasn't until Scream came out. In 96, it was the perfect age for me. Uh, I was like 13, 12 or 13 at the same time. Saw it in theaters, it was one of the first movies I ever saw in theaters with just a friend. Um, and it was fucking perfect. It was my Halloween, it was my Friday the 13th. And Friday the 13th was, to my mom, her perfect horror movie that she raised me on. <laughs> and a lot of people reference you know, Halloween as what they grew up on. Uh, Scream was it for me. I'm not even gonna front. Scream was my Halloween, uh, and you know, seeing it at 12 or 13, I then, like, I had seen the Jasons, I had seen the Freddys, but now I was ready to see them all. I was, I, I was like, my mind was like prepared. I wanted to see every single Hellraiser there ever was, every single Amityville horror there ever was, every single Puppet Master there ever was, and I, I literally, I would, I mean, eBay was just coming around. I would buy. Sets. I would get like eleven tapes, you know, eleven VHS tapes to fulfill the whole puppet or whatever amount it was at the time. Puppet Master series uh, sent to me, and I'd sit there and I'd, I'd put blankets up on all my windows, like uh, starting at whatever in the evening, so so that way I could watch movies until seven o'clock the next morning, uh, and not have light come in. I would I would go crazy. I'd be like taping the blankets to the side of the window so there was no cracks of light at all. I wanted to not know what time it was. I wanted to just like being engulfed uh, in these movies. And I did, I did for like most of the rest of my teenage years. <laughs> uh, so there was a little bit of a phase in the like early 2011, 2010, 12 area where I was like living my life and not deeply involved in like watching all the horror movies that were released around then. Uh, you know, I moved around a little bit. I got married and got a job and started getting into, you know, real life things. But then like a couple of years after my daughter was born, it's real funny. I don't even like this movie a lot, but leprechaun origins is what, what, uh, kind of reminded me, like pulled me back in one day. Like I was so deep into like just family. And, uh, like I was like, I never had the TV. I never had an opportunity to look at the TV freaking it was too busy or the, you know, the baby was looking at it or whatever. Um, so one day I just, I made it a point. I took an iPad and I like like sat down on the couch and ignored the world for an hour and a half, put some headphones on and watched Leprechaun Origins because it was the newest installment in a franchise that I had been watching forever. I love Leprechaun, love them all. And so I needed to watch it. And, and it reminded me that I love horror and I need to have it in my life. I can't let a year or two go by where I'm so in the muck of life and freaking just work and kids i need to have that horror uh outlet i need to stay up till two in the morning sometimes i need to wait till after the wife and kid go to sleep and just put two two movies three movies on in a row and watch them just to kind of you know let loose for a little bit uh and ever since then i've 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 kept up I've, i've i've been like on the uh, like on the forefront of looking out for what's coming out next, uh, you know, going to sites like upcominghorrormovies.com just to to like have a calendar of what to watch and shit. So and then Joe Bob came on, and that was just incredible. I you know I didn't do the first marathon. I came in, I came through through the Thanksgiving marathon, and then I really started tweeting with everyone like in the middle of the first season heavily, um, and it's just like it's been incredible. Uh, It's been incredible to find the community that I never had growing up. Like, I was just sitting there in my room watching movies alone, and it was cool, but like, you always felt like an outsider, and then maybe you go to college, and like, I remember bumping into someone in college the first time wearing like an Evil Dead shirt. I was like, oh my God, you're like me, and then and then slowly that community grows, and you find more and more like-minded people, Um, and it's just been a freaking blast meeting you all, and that's my origin story. Thanks for listening.
2: Uh, so that was uh, Frank and Lori, You're gonna you're gonna attempt to pronounce the uh, his Twitter handle, right?
0: <laughs> well, it just always looks like Heya uh, new to me. So it's at H E Y A H. N E W, and it's probably meant to be. It's it's probably like some sort of reference to something that I should know, and therefore I should know how to pronounce it. So, Frank, <laughs> apologies, you yeah. know, in in advance for any in, in all ignorance that I display. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, but but Frank, like <laughs> like Frank mentioned, we got acquainted through horrible Mm -hmm. um back at the good lord that feels like it was like two years ago doesn't it oh my god that was february god
2: which was not that long ago
0: no it was not that long ago and he just like frank just from the very beginning he just so enthusiastic you could tell how enthusiastic he was about horror mm-hmm. about about being part of the community he has done so many things I, I haven't even like fully immersed myself um you know in everything that he's done I believe he did mention you know he really kicked mutantfan.com you know he really got it off the ground and um so it's we we haven't um we didn't interact a lot during Horrible, but like he really was a presence, and and uh, just just hearing him just kind of reinforced uh, the the nice guy that I that I always thought he was. <laughs> so.
2: Yeah, he's so nice that he even plugged his own sights and uh, you know covered most of the bases for us except for the one <laughs> a hard one to pronounce this Twitter <laughs> handle but uh, maybe Frank can give us a um, a uh, pronunciation guide maybe he can tweet a pronunciation guide after the uh, after the episode comes out
0: um, uh, that would be great I <laughs> just wanted to say too it's like how sweet you know to what he said about like I'm really honored to be among you you know have my story among others it's like well frank we are equally honored to have you my friend absolutely yeah yeah it's it's um it's um it's been it's just been wonderful doing these and in addition to um the letters that are a part of our standard dear final girl format right we really enjoyed doing the origin stories as well
2: yeah yeah um uh, w- we said we were going to wait until the end be- because it would mess up the format, but I, I think that we're already sort of starting down the road of, like, kind of uh, getting a little sentimental about, the because this is really going to be the end of the season, but... Uh-huh. Um, the end of our
0: first season, Lori! Yay. Um, oh, my God. I never thought of it in terms of season. That <laughs> yeah. makes me feel like way more legit than I have felt this entire time.
2: Yeah. Um, maybe I'll, um, you know, rename all the episodes season one, whatever. Uh, hey, but there we go. Uh, the, the reason that we're talking about the end of the season is if you've been listening, you'll know that. Um, for many, many months now, I have been pregnant because that's how that thing goes. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> the things you learn. Um, but uh, we are going to take a break in June, at least part of July, um, so that I, at, at least until you know, I sleep for more than two hours at a time. I think that... Oh, my goodness. That there are several um weeks in a row that uh, t- new parents don't get more than, like, four hours of sleep at a time. And um, you really shouldn't even be driving a car at that point. Um
0: That makes sense. I mean, because that is like... Isn't, they, isn't there like T dot, which locally here that's our Tennessee Department of Transportation, and they like to put really clever, <laughs> yeah. uh, clever signs up on the interstate? Um, and I know they said something like, "Well, they they have the good old buzzed driving is is drunk driving, right? Uh, but also like, probably like sleep deprived driving is." probably practically like drunk driving yeah it
2: is actually because your your reaction time is way lower and so um we're not gonna podcast while sleepy uh in uh june and july (laughs) it's just unsafe we wouldn't want to put you guys through that
0: um no no although you know you know who knows what would come out we would just probably say some crazy <laughs> shit
2: <laughs> listen but only if you also only sleep on my schedule Lori. so if you Ooh, are
0: i only... can't do that i can't possibly do that. <laughs> you, oh my goodness you'd
2: have to like I you know, sorry, nursing again, it's been an hour and a half and you'd have to like wake up and I don't know, pretend to bottle feed one of the cats.
0: Hmm. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> fruitful, but it's reminding me why I decided not to have
2: to <laughs> Right, right. They're really cute, but they're a giant pain in the ass.
0: I would be one of those. I realize we're taking a very long time to get back to this story, but it's because I now it's because it's our it's our last one for a yeah. while. Um, I was I, I was always afraid. That I would be like, if I had kids, I would be one of those mothers that had like a psychotic break. Um, <laughs> I still worry family. about that. <laughs> uh, you know, I, bet, I bet every parent does because I can't even imagine. I mean, you have, you have been through it. You, you know, you have, you have a, a beautiful baby boy who is a year and a half now.
2: Yeah. He's uh, 19 months, so well, almost yeah. two.
0: Yeah. So you've, you have been there and done that and you you know what you're, you know, you're in for (laughs) any more, uh, (laughs) thrilling, but uh...
2: I'm sure that other parents out there, uh, listening to this are like, no, no, you don't even know what you're in for, for the second one. Um, so a, a parent, you know all all children are different and you know what though okay so let's it, to bring it back to Frank and his origin story he talked about how like when between 2010 and 2012 he like grew up and got really into job and he had the baby and all of that sort of stuff and it's like well yeah like the first 2 years of a kid's life like good luck taking any time for yourself <laughs> You have to schedule it and i i'm glad that frank um found his way back um and you know set aside some time to like sorry this is this is my escape this is the thing that i have to do to remain happy and i think like that's an incredibly healthy thing um
0: yeah
2: i I uh I just I really love I wrote down uh after he mentioned scream that there was a double gateway into um into horror um but it sounds like there he had a triple gateway into horror you know that he uh found it with Jason Goes to Hell right and then found it again with Scream and then found it again with Leprechaun Origins. And like, I, I'm, <laughs> you know, every time it starts to slip away, we bring them back in.
0: <laughs> yeah, were you thinking of, were you thinking of the line from The Godfather, Godfather Three? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Every time I try to leave, they pull me back in. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
2: exactly. exactly. Uh, confession, I don't think I've seen Godfather 3.
0: Well, it's not very good. I've seen it one time, and that is probably the best moment in the whole film. Okay. But, um, <laughs> so, um, but I loved, you know, you know, for someone who, who, who does a, a horror movie podcast, you know, I always feel like I'm admitting, like, Yep, haven't seen that. <laughs> that. I have I have never seen Jason Goes to Hell. Uh-uh. But like he immediately made me want to see it. And I kind of feel like I could literally just like later tonight turn on my TV, dive straight into Jason Goes to Hell, and it would be like no problem. You know, I don't I don't I don't need to Yes, I do have that thing where I'm like, oh no, I should start it the very first one and watch them in sequential order. Um, but I'm telling you, some of them are just really bad and I don't know if I would make it to Jason Huston. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Ugh. But I, I love it that his mother, it's so, gosh, all of these cool ass horror moms, right? I know,
2: seriously. Uh, I feel like people I, are trying to tell me something. like. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Back off. You know, we, we barely even watched Daniel the Tiger. Daniel Tiger? I don't know. Whatever.
0: Um, we... but wait, what? <laughs> what?
2: I'm saying, like, you know, that I've got a two-year-old and I should be introducing him to Jason Goes to Hell, like, now. <laughs> I don't, well, I,
0: you know, maybe yeah, wait until I mean, he's
2: 5. <laughs>
0: okay, say if you, if you, if you put that in his little subconscious right now, you will you will have practically grown a horror fan in the lab. I mean, <laughs> you know, you will you will have you will have set a course for his life. So. Right. <laughs> Oh my God. But yeah, I mean, you're
2: exactly right. All of these cool moms and cool parents who are like introducing their kids to these things. And what get, okay. So I started uh, listening to this podcast called Uncover and they have a season. It's from CBC radio. um, And they have a season on the satanic panic. And like late 80s, early 90s is peak satanic panic. And I think that um, Lee talked about this as well. Um, But that it's, it's so interesting to me that at the time that the satanic panic was going on, there were also these parents who were just like, no, kids, you know, come on in and watch this with me. Um, Mm -hmm. like it's not going to hurt you. It's fiction. Let's, you know, let's talk about reality and fiction and what the difference is. Or maybe they didn't talk about that. Maybe it was just like implied, but, um, I think that that is a really cool thing. Um, that, um, both Frank's parents and a lot of the other parents that we've heard about,
0: yeah, definitely, parents. definitely, Lee's, and then definitely um, Val, mm-hmm. um, Val with her mother. You know, her being basically like the her mother's, you know, horror Sherlock Holmes. You know, unearthing the horror movies that she had vivid memories of, but not necessarily their titles. So. Right. <laughs> um, and it. And it also reminded me of Jimmy's part of Jimmy Detroit story where in addition to talking about, I think it was Nightmare Theater, he talked about like the books that he would get from the library and there was like the one book that had the really scary pictures Mm -hmm. and he had said, you know, that was like his mother helped him navigate fear by, by, you know, looking through that book with him. which I thought that that was really cool.
2: Right.
0: I love that, you know, it's like his mom grew up on, like, the original slashers. Uh Uh-huh. And so, you know, he had the opportunity to kind of go back and um, experience all of them as he was, like, discovering, like, finding his own jams, right? Like, I love what he said because is like, I'm not even gonna Scream was my Halloween. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I,
2: yeah.
0: I, yeah. I think it. I think it was for a lot of people who were were really getting into horror in the '90s. Younger, you know. That I could totally. That's a legit. That's a legit generational Halloween. That it totally is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, gosh, I feel like such a well. We. I mean, we could just guilt ourselves all day about our lack of knowledge um but i love the first scream but i have not seen the others and isn't there talk of a reboot and like a scream four
0: well they did a scream four they did a scream four like not. I mean, not super long ago, because it was like it was quite a number of years removed uh-huh. from the original three. I think that I did see the second one, but I don't remember anything about it, because that's kind of typical for me. Um, but I don't think I saw three at all, and I didn't see four. I've been one thing to go back, especially after we did... Scream, you know, for... That was one associated with one of our, our letters. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have wanted to go back and watch more of the sequels and just haven't, haven't done that yet.
2: Right. Um I also really like that... So he'd grown up on all these... What we consider now the classic horror... Classic slasher Jason movies. And um, then... He said the exorcist scared the shit out of him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. I remember being in college um, and they re-released the exorcist. So this was like 2000, 2001. And we went with a bunch of friends. And... (laughs) Okay, so uh, this is a little off topic, but so we went out with a bunch of friends. Movies in theaters like that scare the shit out of me, but um, we, so some of the girls that had gone with us went up to bed and had gone to sleep, but we knew that they like slept in their dorm room with their doors unlocked, which like, come on (laughs) (laughs) y'all. So me and a couple of other people went up there and crawled into bed with them and then uh like screamed oh i'm it it was the like uh the like fuck me line or whatever
0: oh yeah yeah let jesus fuck you oh my god i just said that like like i just said and i'll also have more fries exactly
2: Um, that's why I was like, ooh, (laughs) but yeah, Yeah. one, one of those possession lines that were, were, and, uh, like the screaming and the, just like, (laughs) uh, like I kind of feel bad now, but it was so much fun then,
0: but, um, because that's a scary movie. That's like it is it is and i know this is probably like sacrilege to say but that movie is i think that it is an amazing like just subtle masterful psychological drama Uh that just so happens to have as its topic demonic possession and I have started to feel that way about it so much. It's just such a good film. Like, <laughs> oh, I could just hear Joe Bob. He would be like, ugh, people who use the word film. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, but sometimes, sometimes I watch that movie and I actually watch everything but the exorcism scenes. Because I'm vibing on the story and I don't really want to go there. And then I just kind of pick it up. That just, I can't even believe I'm confessing that out loud. I'm going to get expelled <laughs> from horror. Okay. Hey.
2: Little artsy-fartsy artsy Laurie over here. Mm. <laughs> yeah. She just vibes on the on the rest of the
0: film. On the, the, the taut the psychological drama and all of the, all of the, you know, all of the underpinnings of, you know, social distress and family discord. Okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop right now. (laughs) Oh my God. I mean, but sometimes that's what you want, you know. Yeah.
2: I was uh, explaining, we were doing an intern interview today and... Uh, He's like, so tell me a little bit about yourselves. And I was like, no, (laughs) no,
0: but I I started
2: (laughs) like, I don't want to invest in you. (laughs) Sorry. Um, It's awful, but I, you know, I'm, I'm tired. Uh, But uh, I started talking a little bit about the podcast and um, part of what I said to him was, you know, that we get to talk about uh like real life problems but in the con- the safe context of a movie and you know sometimes i think that with uh, horror films <laughs> you know you get <laughs> you get that uh like you can think about some of these really deep topics within a very you know restricted timeline um so, yeah.
0: yeah sorry safely explore safely exploring you know a lot of a lot of um you know death and violence and with most horror movies sex and all of it you know just just relationships. I mean, everything. There's there's just a lot there. I loved what he said. Oh my God. I had almost like a flashback. He was talking about discovering how Freddie versus Jason, like that was probably one of the first things he looked up on the internet. Uh And then he got into doing all this research and bookmarking stuff. (laughs) And um, oh my God, it took me straight back to like 2000 or 2001 when I had discovered Dario Argento, uh-huh. and I would, and I would, and there wasn't as much stuff out there then as there is now about him. And but I remember sitting for hours researching everything I could find. I printed out. All the pages from the websites and I had them in a little three-ring binder with the little section separators. Yeah. Oh my god, I was so I was so into that. <laughs> yeah, I was a different type
2: of nerd. I was uh, printing out like poetry and shit
0: online, and that's awesome. Yeah. That's very awesome. Uh, I was doing a little bit of that too, but but back then I was like that's when I first really started reading, like, books about horror, like, Uh more like, um, kind of more academic writing about Uh horror, and, like, inevitably, I mean, with horror, it's like the psychoanalytic, Freudian perspective, there's a lot of, like, feminist theory, there's a lot of gender study, yeah, um, and it, and it was all—it was all fascinating. It—it it, it was absolutely fascinating. It's—it's, it's, and you know, you can read—you can read. Some people write about write about it in a really dry way, and other people in a very engaging way. And it's—it was—it was time well spent for sure. Oh, well, good.
2: I—I I, I think that um, the what really got me about. Uh, Frank's story is that like the third time he came to horror right with Leprechaun after he had the family and kids and he, how he realized I can't let another year go by without this yeah. it's an escape and he said it's the way that he let loose but I like that the I like the image of him you know sort of as a teenager sort of building this cave in his room this like (laughs) this um putting taping blankets up on the windows and say well you know time doesn't exist right time doesn't exist when i'm watching this full series and how he makes that such a a solitary experience for himself. Um, I think that that was kind of a theme through all of this, is that, you know, uh, he was looking up Freddy versus Jason on the internet, but... Th- In my head, when he was telling the story, he was all alone doing that. Just like, you know, clickety-clacking on that old mechanical keyboard. Um, (laughs) And then in 96, when Scream came out, I guess he said he went and saw it with a friend in the theaters. But, I mean, even seeing something in the theater is a very solitary group experience. Um, And it's not until... You know very recently it sounds like that frank has found sort of he's taken this from a solitary experience into sort of this community experience um and from what i can tell he's really de- uh dove in dived in i don't know he's really um immersed dope, in some.
0: <laughs> have doven <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly <laughs> have have <doved. laughs> yeah. ah. i was about to go into some rupaul because one of her one of the catchphrases is like she done already done had hers <laughs> I, love I love it i know that has nothing to do with anything but I've always wanted to say it so
2: (laughs) check that one off the bucket list
0: yep check that one off but that that image really really hit me too of him just you know putting all those blankets on and not wanting to let one shred of light come in and be like you said be engulfed and um, I think I mean this is I've heard this uh, Term. I don't. I think it's an easy term to, to use, and maybe even think that you were the first one to come up with it. But this whole this whole idea of like um, private cinema, that there's when you, it, particularly when you seek to have a very private, intentional experience around around a movie, it's a different it's a different kind of thing, and it's really really cool. I am. Um, I finally, I finally, after, gosh, at least two, it's, I don't, when did Moonlight come out? 2016? Is that?
2: Gosh, I don't know. What is a year? Um, Yeah. Yeah. At at this point, who knows? Um, Yeah. But I can look it up real quick while you're...
0: I finally... You know, I've been wanting to watch it for years, and I felt like, I always felt like from what I knew of the movie, it's like, damn it, this thing is just going to tear me up, and Uh then I'm going to be like, feel like I'm walking around with lead, and and just myself. But it really wasn't, I did not feel that way at all at the end of that movie. I, I was so glad I finally watched it. I just watched it like a few days ago. That is just a tremendous film. And it, it I was very intentional about deciding I was going to watch that, that movie. Uh And it was, it was, you know, it was already dark outside. And I think I might here recently, I did actually literally pull down all the shades in my living room. And just, it was like, I mean, I don't know how much more, more quarantined I need to be, but I guess that particular (laughs) day, I needed the shades down, too, but...
2: <laughs> uh, well, that's the the shitty thing about the summertime, because we're coming up onto the um, solstice, yep. and so now our days are even longer in quarantine. Uh, yeah, great.
0: Wonderful.
2: Yay. Uh, you were correct. It is 2016. Um, I still have yet to see that, but I, I think that uh, you're right. You know, making the building the experience and, um, saying, okay, th- today, even if it's like today, I'm going to watch the full box set of, you know, the, the entire Leprechaun series, or I'm going to watch the entire <laughs> Jason cannon, like, uh, that, Gosh, how many movies are there? That's got to be at least 24 hours of film. No, maybe not.
0: I don't know. Like I don't even know how many Jason movies there are. I mean, I feel like they were numbered up until part four. And then you got, like, Jason Goes to Hell, Jason Takes Manhattan, what? Jason vs. Freddy, Jason... I think Jason was even in space, so... You know, it's just like, uh, oh, we don't need these numbers anymore. We're going to space, motherfuckers.
2: <laughs> Jason takes Manhattan like the Muppets take Manhattan? Well, maybe not
0: exactly the same. Well, but... yeah. Okay. <laughs> right, right. I, that, now I want to watch that movie so bad because I'm thinking, all right, you looked at the last one. I'm going to on the fly look up IMDb. Um, when did... When did Jason Takes Manhattan come out? Because, you know, there's there's a way that New York is represented in film mm-hmm. during different, you know, during different time periods. Mm-hmm. And it would be interesting, I think it was late eighties. Like I wanna say Gritty. Oh, I was really close. I thought it was eighty eight and it's eighty nine. Okay. So, so I mean eighty nine. Oh my gosh, what Manhattan in 89 I mean it wouldn't have been like you know coke and disco Uh -uh. but it wasn't the 90s yet either that'd be interesting to see how that how New York shows up in that film as Jason is killing you know I don't know if he's killing like wealthy socialites or whatever I'm not sure but (laughs) (laughs) I mean the, the only thing I
2: can say is is that if he doesn't break through a like a, a plate glass skylight, like Miss Piggy, I think does that, or maybe it's Gonzo in the Muppets take Manhattan. Um, wow. Don't know anything about the Jason cannon, but boy, can I tell you about the Muppet movies?
0: <laughs> I loved those as a kid. And I mean, okay, this is now I'm real. People are going to think there's something really wrong with me. I remember, I don't, was was that the one that had Charles Grodin in it? Uh, Possibly. He was like Miss Piggy's love interest. Oh, one. yeah.
2: Oh, yeah. But he was like, um, he was also trying to con
0: her, I think. Yes. Yes. But he really did, he had to tell her at the end, I think, you know, Piggy, I really, I really did love you. <laughs> right, right. That <laughs> was... Um... Like
2: that. Gosh, okay. Special appearances by Art Carney, James Coco, Dabney Coleman, Gregory <laughs> Hines, Linda Lavin, Liza Minnelli, and Joan Rivers.
0: Oh my gosh, oh. that is that is that is a list of people that um, uh, younger viewers may have no familiarity with. So. <laughs>
2: Oh, oh my gosh. So apparently the Muppets Take Manhattan introduced the Muppet Babies, which were later later that year uh, released on CBS. So like basically they put the Muppet Babies into the movie and then we're like, well, this seems like a merchandising gold mine. <laughs> Ship it. Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I don't like it when they add the baby version of things. Like I don't I don't like the tiny tunes, and I never really liked oh. scrappy doo. Yeah. I just, you know, I just I I, I didn't the, the later generations just did not interest me. As much.
2: <laughs> well, uh, considering this, the Muppet Babies released when I was two. I think I was the target audience. <laughs> think, uh, um, but uh, wow, we have gone very far off topic.
0: We have, we have, uh, like, I'm, I'm, like, okay, how do we, how do we, how do we pull it back? <laughs> right. The, the thing that just just left with just in general is just um just like frank is so there to me there's just sort of like this inno- this innocent quality uh-huh. in his in his passion for horror films i mean it's like you really still hear the kid in his voice which yeah. is so cool it that is so cool i mean i think i think you know we n- none of us ever want to lose that complete whatever our particular but it's really just cool to be to still be that excited and that giddy and i think that's why for for me horror is so important because of all the things that i have started and stopped or you know just started and you know just never finished Uh you know i i've never i've never lost my love for horror and i hope i never do yeah
2: I agree. I mean, that's I, I think that, um, you know, he talks about how he sort of drifts off and then comes back and drifts off and comes back. And I think that that's really wonderful to have sort of this safe place in anything, you know, if, if it's music or, um, you know, a book that you love or, um, you know, certain movies that you really get into. God, I got to say, like, I did not care about the TV show, The West Wing, and then started watching that with my husband like way back when we started dating in 2007. And that's been one of the things that we continually go back to. It's like it's just soothing to have on in the background because you know it. And I think having Mm -hmm. these movies that you know so well that really sort of uh, like it's, it's kind of a touch point. Everything's going to be okay if, you know, Jason's always going to come up out of the lake in the last scene. <laughs> I hope I didn't spoil that for anyone, you know. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you know, the, uh, I, I think having those touch points are really important because they um, give you a little bit of comfort and comfort. Golly, we need some comfort right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. I, I mean, it's... Yeah, just just hearing him talk about, you know, watching the whole Friday the 13th series. And... It's like, like, ooh, I want to... That's what I want to do. I want to pick up something beginning to end, you know, do a weekend, have a whole theme and just you know, completely immerse myself in, in a particular, you know, the whole iteration of the story. Yeah. I haven't done that in a while. Well,
2: don't forget to tape blankets up on your wall.
0: I know. Well, I don't, you know, I did have that recent post on Twitter about the, the cockroaches who are my roommates in my apartment (sighs) and. I don't wanna create any conditions that are more conducive for them to thrive, you know? Yeah. So, but it's it, 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 my landlord came, it is like, he's on top of it. Nobody, nobody else was having the problem. So it, it's, it, they, they, all of the other people who live in this building, there's only four of us total. They have said they did have issues in the past, but that they, you know, got rid of it. To you know, Tom took care of it. My my landlord. So he he brought out some like you know industrial grade stuff, you know that you have to buy with like a super secret card from Tractor Supply or something. I I don't know you know.
2: (laughs) It's basically just rat poison.
0: I mean, it probably is something pretty heavy duty like that, where I had to like keep the cats out of the room until, you know, it dried. I basically like my bathroom. The bathroom is where I always, is where I have seen them. And I now alternately call that room either the Chamber of Horrors or the Portal to Hell. Because that's what, I mean, I just can't even, I just can't. If anybody out there has read, <laughs> the, read uh, Kafka Metamorphosis, uh-huh. you know, the whole thing, Gregor Samsa, he's like, he's a cockroach. And I'm telling you, this, this one, this last one, I was sort of like, I think I just killed Gregor Samsa, you know? <laughs>
2: My my fear is actually that you know the the cockroach police are going to show up at your door, like actual cockroaches dressed as police officers, and be like,
0: "Ma'am, I didn't, I didn't kill him. He may." Yeah,
2: exactly, exactly. <laughs> and we hear that you put a hit on our um <laughs> Gregor. <laughs> oh goodness well we may have gone oh a little goodness. long <laughs> gone off topic um
0: all right it's the, the last one for a while so we had to, we had to stretch it out yeah
2: yeah um but it's been a lot of fun thank you so much to Frank for sharing your origin stories maybe the 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 Frank uh, refines Horror cycle, um, and uh, we we really appreciate you, Frank, and everyone who listens to us, and uh, yeah, we'll miss you.
0: Yeah, we're gonna miss you. I mean, I'm um, I with you know with the return of Joe Bob, I tried to be on Twitter. You know, I definitely want to be in touch with people. It's just like, there's just been so much life stuff, you know, uh, for both you and I, that it's, um, yeah. it's, it's, it's easy to let a lot of things kind of, kind of drop away, but, you know, but get back to it, but getting back to it feels good. So it's, it's we're going to be, oh my God, come July, we're going to be like crazed. We're going to be so <laughs> ready to record.
2: Again. Yep. Yep. So. In the meantime, please send us your letters, and they can be COVID-related. They could be, you know, um, about your family, your friends, yourself, your, uh, you know, anything.
0: Traumatic pest control (laughs) experience. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Listen, trauma comes in all forms, and so... Uh we we honor all of them. Um <laughs> yeah, send your letters to DearfinalGirl at gmail.com or uh DM us at at finaldear on Twitter. Um, yeah. or just, you know, send up a smoke signal. I don't know. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're around. Yeah. I'll have plenty of time yeah. to <laughs> to read tweets i'll probably be tweeting a bunch in
0: yeah it'll be a good it'll be a good good diversion and uh and just think when we come back there will be a new member of the horror family yeah that'll be pretty awesome a new little mutant yep yeah. yay <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, i can i think i i'm, I'm already like i i, I, I I may be in the process of ordering a lil mutant onesie on Kathy Press as we <laughs> <know>. um, <laughs> Yay! Well, I'm gonna. I, of course, you know we we are we are friends, so we will still talk. But I will miss us interacting in this way until we come back.
2: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. <laughs> um, and. We'll miss hearing from all of you on Twitter and, um, you know, have a great time with Joe Bob while we're gone. And, uh, I guess we'll see you soon.
0: Yeah. See everybody stay alive out there. Literally and figuratively. (laughs) Right. right. Uh, We will, we will catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye. Tune in next time for another origin story from your horror community. Till next time, this is Dear Final Girl. Remember, stay alive out there.